1: Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Check us out on that camera if you're wanting to watch and get involved in the chat. We're there and available for you to do so. Like and subscribe, of course. It's always good to be with you guys on Real Talk 93.3. Last of the Tuesdays kind of versions of this just because uh, we we started anew and we've had some scheduling conflicts. Normally, this is me on here at 1 o'clock on a Tuesday, but joined by Ira and Corey typically as um, we get a chance to do some little headlines. That will return next week, and from that point forth, uh, that will be the way that that is. But in the interim, it is great to be with you and, of course, exciting as always, as we build up more and more every day to, uh, to football, and for that, obviously, we're all excited. Not shocking to see right off the bat there that the Jags have released Tim Tebow. You know, it's, I bring that up not to, in, in schadenfreude or anything like that. Oh, make, really? Not make, in schadenfreude? No, it's not, actually. It's, just, it's that uh, it bothers me any time. Now, there are exceptions. It does happen. But it bothers me any time that I hear people say, well, they just just switch positions as if dudes hadn't been playing that position since they were in peewee football and working on their craft every day for years and years and years, as if there isn't a serious amount of technique that goes into being able to execute your job at each of these positions. Now, there—I mean again, there are freakish athletes who are able to transition from one position to another on occasion. Uh, but it's just so flippantly thrown around that, oh, he should just be a fullback or he should just be a tight end. I'm like, eh, I don't know, it's not that easy. There's footwork technique, blocking and otherwise, leverage, angles, have to be able to catch, got to be able to run, got to be able to do a lot of things that I'm not real sure he could do at an NFL level. And alas, he didn't make the second round of cuts.
0: Well, it's also been, like, six years since he played football. It, yeah. It's hard to make it into the NFL. Like, how arrogant do you have to be to think that you could go play baseball, sell funnel cakes for the Mets for, like, five years, and then roll off the street and then go be a special teamer? Like, mm. you know how hard the jobs are to get in the NFL? Do you know how much the guys that he's working against have – they've competed for years perfecting their craft just to make a practice squad. And, like, you're just going to show up and get a spot on the team? Arrogance.
1: Yeah, I think there are examples, again. You'll find people who, and, and you have to have a certain amount of belief in yourself anyhow to believe that's even possible. I get it. It's just that I, I get more upset not with the person who believes in themselves, but more in the, the 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 sweeping dismissals of people who think, oh yeah, it'll be easy, because they root for the guy. No, it's not easy. It's not easy at all.
0: If he went to the CFL and played all this time, then I wouldn't have that harsh of a stance on it. But he went to play baseball. Yeah. He took his ball and went home because he couldn't be a quarterback. And he didn't like the answers he was getting about what positions they would give him a tryout at. So he went and played baseball. He hit 210 for a few years. And he thinks he can just stroll right back in. And play. That's, that's a tough ask, man. If he did it, it would have been amazing. But that's not realistic, especially when you're not shooting for a position where there's scarcity. Anybody can be a gunner. Anybody can be an up man. You know, that's yeah. that's what he's competing for there.
1: Well, here's what I would tell you. Okay, so it's it's after one game. And that, and, and I want to move on from this because this certainly shouldn't probably be my lead. I'm just noticing that we get NFL news. People get cut. It's starting to happen throughout the league because preseason games are in the books and people are getting cut.
0: Our guy Jacques Patrick made it through the first round. Yeah,
1: and I'm rooting for him, obviously. Uh, but you get cut after one game. You don't make it to the second round of uh, cuts. Then obviously that is a... Grand opening, grand closing, and uh, you know I'm sure he's grateful for the opportunity. Like you said, it's not every day that you get that chance. But I think what you highlight there is how difficult it is to block in the league. How difficult it is to block. That's that. Go look at the film. Yeah, the the blocking is what stands out. He's a huge dude. I mean, he's a big, strong guy. Requisite strength and size and all that. Oh, he kept
0: himself in impeccable shape. Right, no, uh,
1: that's what I'm saying. But there are, it's technique oriented. The ability to do that and to have proper uh, footwork and to gain leverage and understand angles live. I'm not talking about a walkthrough. I'm not talking about in theory. I'm talking about that's a big, strong man trying to make a play on the ball. Now you have to understand. Technique, angles, leverage, and be able to execute that. And if that's not what you've done in your career, I don't care who you are. I don't care. It's really, really hard. And I think that's the the lesson to take away. When you watch the footage of that preseason game, I mean, it's an abomination. I mean, they they must have sat down and looked at that footage and been like, "Oh, good God Almighty, what are we doing here?"
0: Short of him still having the battering ram left in him, and short of you know Urban Meyer and, and the personnel people saying, "All right, we can take on this player." In order to use him in goal line sets as a quarterback, because I did that with my offense in college. Like if if that's what they wanted to do, that's more plausible than him becoming a special teamer or an H back, right? Because at that point, I mean, you would think that the tread is most certainly still on the tire. We saw Cam Newton. After a while, it's finally it's finally gone. It's not the way it was, but he was the best in the NFL in its history as a quarterback in short yardage situations, third down and one, fourth down and one. He was the best. So if you brought Tebow in to do that compliment ETN and the other stable of backs, third and goal, who do you go to? I could see that. But, yeah, he's going to be a, a gunner or he's going to be a blocker on your punt coverage,
1: like what? That doesn't make any sense. It was meant to sell jerseys, and, but alas. You'll Funnel cakes and corn dogs. man. The Mets did it right. You'll find him on the uh, SEC network soon enough, an easy transition uh, for for Tim and for uh, the SEC network to la- you know latch on to that. We didn't talk about this yesterday, but we should have talked about what I do think could potentially be a very big deal and a smart one at that. And that was over the weekend, it got floated out that possibly uh, you'll see the PAC 12, the big 10 and the ACC joining forces uh, in order to offset, obviously the super conference that the SEC has become. Now, the one thing about that conference, which does have the best football in all the land these days is that it is very regional and, what we lamented more than anything else uh, about college football and what was waning, what we were losing as fans, and I thought even fans of the SEC could relate to this, because most people who are passionate college football fans uh, loved not just the collegial nature of the sport, what was unique about it, its characters, we talked about this with Bobby Bowden passing away, last of the... Unique coaching characters in the game in a lot of ways. It, it always separated itself in that way from pro football. Uh, it was less corporate, obviously, although I understand there's big money. But also just the idea of regionality and kind of looking at a Pac-12 from afar and wondering about their traditions. while well, All the while puffing out your chest about your own in the southeast, you still admired the fact that there was another part of this country that was passionate about college football and had their own traditions, just like you did in the Big 12, or, you know, if we're going back to yesteryear, Big Eight and the Southwest Conference, and of course the Big 10, where it's undeniable that there are passions that are akin to the ones we have about football in the South, right? There's no denying that Michigan fans care deeply about college football and their place in it. Ohio State, whether we hate or love Notre Dame or wherever you feel about Notre Dame, there's no doubt they they are a giant in the sport. And so the country is very well represented. Now, we know there are strengths and weaknesses in these pockets, but it was kind of fun, the idea of I got a job in Denver and now I'm going to walk into the office and it's a Friday and everybody gets to wear their colors and I'm going to meet a guy who went to Colorado State and he, I'm going to meet another guy that went to Air Force, and then this guy went to Southern Cal, and I went to Florida State, and we're going to have this discussion about whose traditions are better and all that, and we're going to watch and have some fun with it. But that that was going to go away, that a lot of that was going to go away if what you had was this the SEC, this monolith, just eating up the best of the best and taking them in, and everybody else became an also-ran. And how were you going to offset that? And the reason we had the discussion was less about kneecapping the SEC because we're not in it and missing out on that money, which matters, but it was more about, well, the popularity of college football, which the entire time you and I have been on the air together, and certainly going back even before that, we've watched soar. I mean, the the popularity of college football, it went from, okay, the most popular sport when I first started in broadcasting in the late 90s was probably the NFL it was, it was just emerging as the sport, but baseball still had a stronghold. Oh, it did. And it's not what it was, as we well know, and that's been documented. America's pastime is no longer uh, far and away, anywhere close to the most popular sport. That belongs to the National Football League. From there, you know, I remember the big movement before you were born. This is where I sound old. Uh, I love this game in the NBA. That was a PR boon. It was brilliant. We watched it emerge. I love this game. It became the mantra for the league as it expanded both nationally and then internationally. I was old enough for that. Well, I mean, it started in in the mid '80s, so you were old enough because they kept it for like 15 years. Oh, is that so? Yeah, that's was, not typical. No, you don't usually yeah. do that. No, I was around for a long time, and it was smart. It was they would the original commercials would cut to some celebrity. Courtside, I love this game, you know, and then they'd cut to another one and it'd be LA and New York and Boston and Chicago and all that. But that became a big thing, and we watched basketball grow and eventually get to a place where, you know, arguably it was the second most popular sport in oh, the country. Yeah. The Jordan I mean,
0: Bulls era? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, without question, right?
1: Yeah. But along the way, now we fast forward, I watched college football go from being very, very regional and very, very popular in pockets like Texas and California and then. You know, if you looked in the Northeast, you found you know, Penn State fans, Ohio State fans, and all that stuff. But then in the South, it was very, very popular. We watched it just get bigger and bigger and bigger to a point where it was a huge deal nationally. And my thought was, and it, it emerged eventually if you just looked at ratings and money, as the second most popular sport to the NFL, it, that in basketball. And what I ended up thinking was, well, that's about to be done because outside of Ohio State, it is Clemson, it is Alabama, it is somebody in the South. Occasionally you'll sprinkle in a Notre Dame to get their head kicked in, but this is pretty right. much the Southeast.
0: Or a UW or Michigan State. I mean all those examples. Yeah, come on down, and take your ass That's beat right, me, is yeah. what that was, yeah. right?
1: And and everybody recognized it and you began to get to a place where as a fan of the game, the larger game, man, there's five teams that can win. Every year. They're five and and none of them, really, outside of Ohio State. I mean, you have Oklahoma, certainly, but, I mean...
0: I still consider that South, even though it's kind of in the central part of the country. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Certainly
0: the Southeastern Conference does as well.
1: <laughs> so it's... I mean, it was very interesting. I mean, just to, to look at how it got very narrow and the focus got very narrow. If you want to broaden that and disperse the money to where those teams can rise up and have an opportunity...
0: Growth opportunities.
1: Then the... The idea of the Pac-12, Big Ten, and the ACC getting together, uh, both from a schedule standpoint and then from whatever potential contract you can negotiate with that, television rights, that's smart. That's a big deal. That You save yourself.
0: Oh, it's a humongous deal. I remember we did a staff Q&A at Warchant.com about a month ago asking what would you do if you're Jim Phillips because we all understand that the basics of this arrangement right now are you're hamstrung, you're Mm -hmm. screwed, how do you get out of it? And who would you add? And my answer was, I wouldn't add West Virginia and Notre Dame. I don't care about West Virginia and Notre Dame. If, I didn't think the Big Ten would pick up the phone. So I, if I was Jim Phillips, I would call the Pac-12 and say, listen, we need to band together to form yeah, a super for a conference. conference yeah. We play nine games a year, eight on our own coast, and we have a, a cross matchup where we go to the West Coast once a year, you come to the East Coast once a year. And then we tell the networks, here it is. Yeah. You get both time zones. You get the eight o'clock kick. You get Pac 12 after dark, which is now our own. You can name the Pac 12 a division and the ACC a division and call it the Coast to Coast Football Conference, whatever you want to call it. But that's what you got to do. You got to swing big. Well, West Virginia and Notre Dame are not going to cut it to bring ESPN back to the negotiating you, table.
1: Notre Dame is a big factor. You, you need to get Notre Dame eventually. Now, the only way you're going to do that is if you put pressure on them to let them know they're excluded from any sort of playoff contention if they don't decide to belong to some sort of alignment or arrangement that we're talking about. Sure, but what I'm saying, it's not a
0: one-size-fits-all solution. where You go grab Notre Dame as the ACC and you can renegotiate the whole deal. I, I don't know that it brings in the windfall that would close the gap between us and the SEC but or us and the Big Ten. But it's a huge step
1: forward. It's, it's, for example, we wouldn't in the same breath talk about Notre Dame and in- West Virginia that's, West Virginia is not part of the larger conversation West Virginia is
0: useless That's right, but Notre Dame might bump the take home A, a couple few million a year I mean, even yeah. last year when they aligned with us It was only one million extra per school
1: No, I know what you're saying You're saying they've got to do more to offset yeah, it I right. agree with you West Virginia's just not in the conversation. I'm just not lumping them together. Notre Dame is a big part of the... But, yes, I'm with you on adding more. The point is, what you do in that moment is you isolate, regionalize, very specifically, the SEC from the rest of the country. You're like, yep, you hillbillies have a great league. Enjoy it. And you can chant all you want. Oh, happy days for you. The rest of us are going to do this thing. And it would be... Actually... You want the good and the evil, and you want everything. I mean, there you go. You could do the wrestling thing with this.
0: See, my question would be the scheduling alliance. How does the Big Ten fit in? How do they butt into ESPN's deal? How do you make that work? I could see where the Pac-12, their contract is coming up to such a degree where maybe you could return to the negotiating table, but the Big Ten's already in bed with Fox through the Big Ten network, right? I mean, that gets really confusing. All I care about at the end of the day is that our take-home is in the 40s or 50 million a year as a university, and we close the gap. However, that needs to get done. Let somebody else go cross-eyed, but still, that, that I mean, that could be extremely confusing in how you sort it all out.
1: Well, that's their job. Tom. <laughs> no, that's right. We, we don't. Our have job to worry is to about take that. money. We just pontificate yeah, about right. how grandiose it could be, and allow the others to work out the detail. Out of pure necessity, it's their job to do so. Go make it work so that we all get rich and be able to combat these um, hicks down here, and we can get it going. Let's go. Be great. The problem is, you need to start winning, though,
0: because the Hicks would say, Well,
1: you can call us Hicks all you want. Keep well, winning. Oh, no, they're emboldened by me calling them Hicks. Yeah. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah, they're like, Yes, we and are. Hillbilly? That's you're damn what, right. That's what. Yeah, I'll shoot a deer. You must have slept it. well. You're very yeah. nice. <laughs> very kind. <laughs> Eric Wright. What, hey, listen, guys, if you're new to the show, this is love for everybody. I love here. I just take shots at everybody as well. It's okay. Eric Wright. What's up, Jeff and Tom? I'm hearing from, uh, <laughs> this is good, and I appreciate You didn't hit
0: the, woo! Well, we hadn't discussed if we wanted to do that in the first segment of
1: the show. It's a wide open, it's always buddy. loosey-goosey. It's loosey-goosey if I'm going to get to the actual comment and try to doff the cap here. Woo! Thanks, Eric. What's up, Jeff and Tom? I'm hearing from one of uh, the Knowles group on social media that some Notre Dame players are saying that our game September the 5th is just a scrimmage game for the Irish, and he then goes on to say Notre Dame's going down, go Noles. Well, unfortunately, whether that's true or not true. I it mean, was true it, last year. Yeah, but. it was certainly last year. I don't know if they're saying that or not saying that. I, I would imagine, by the way, again, that uh, motivation is not going to be a problem for Florida State. And the fans will be energized. First time back in that stadium in full capacity, on the heels of a real off season. And a, and a, and a buy-in, I think that's evident for fans who are reading and watching the developments of this football team. Right, they 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 can see that this is a a more unified front, and you know whether they, I I think rather wishfully ignore the the rebuild while they talk about the the togetherness and the and the plan. We see it in recruiting, right? I mean, right. there was a tangible plan, and it worked so far.
0: Yeah, I'd say if I was a Notre Dame fan and I was trying to look at this fair-minded, I'd say we should be okay. We're playing Florida State, but we've got a lot of stuff to sort out. So let's, Early let's on. make sure, we, you know, it's it's a tough it's a tough position in the schedule to face a team like Florida State who's going to be up for it emotionally because of the co- Coach Bobby Bowser. You know, this is thing. a great
1: exercise uh, to do. I, I like when you... This is a, a smart way to look at it. So you th- we always look at it, everything through the eyes of, of Florida State. But if you are a Notre Dame fan, of which there are a gazillion, and you're looking at their schedule and trying to project your best record, yes, you would look at this game and say, this is a game we should win. We're the better team. We just saw this team a year ago. We dominated the line of scrimmage. I'll just start with that. He who wins the line of scrimmage is going to win the game. I feel good about our – again, I'm playing the role of Notre Dame fan. Uh, I feel good about our chances going in there and controlling the line of scrimmage, which thus negates the emotional charge of the moment. But what you would say as a caveat with a new quarterback who's a dink and dunk guy and
0: four new offensive linemen
1: is you would say, don't get down early, don't give them a reason, and that I keep coming back to that. I think if you're going to ride any wave of momentum, if you will, or just the passion and energy on a special night, which we see build, then you're going to you're going to need to get out to a good start. That's that's the bottom line. You have to get out to a good start. It's Jeff Cambridge Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and Warchant TV. If you're watching us on YouTube TV, thank you very much. Please do us a favor. Remember to hit that thumbs up and subscribe button there for Warchant TV. Likes on our videos. Spread the word to others that the show can be found right here. It's a good thing. Hit the bell after you subscribe and that'll notify you anytime we go live or offer up more great content from WarChant.com. Chant.com. It's Jeff Cambridge Show. Stay with time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash With all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply jeff Kevins, show 93.3 real talk radio i think and uh he might get mad at me for Floating this out there but i i do believe that in addition to the stuff that we're doing these days with uh the 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 feed here on war Chant tv where we're able to answer questions and talk to you guys i also think uh that we're, we're going to probably develop a text here soon uh in which we're able to uh, a text number that i can give the radio audience as well to be part of it Tom, we've glorified my uh, camera. And we've got Mr. It.
0: Magoo. That's why Matthew's got two camera. He might sneak in there as we discuss. This to, is, uh, this is. Six. <laughs> well, we're trying to turn off the autofocus. Uh, full disclosure here, we're trying to turn off the autofocus, which has been plaguing us for the last couple of days uh, on the WarChan TV feed, where it's just it's looking at the microphone, it's looking at us, it's looking at the background, and we have disabled the autofocus. But there is no focus for Jeff with the autofocus being disabled. So
1: look at that. Look at that. That's that's better. We'll that that's better. That's, we may even go
0: solo to you dude. for a moment, and then I'll go in there and, and fix that particular setting. I think that's what I'm going to do. So you become clear.
1: James B. Can't wait for Libations Fest. Uh, us either, buddy. It's going to be so much fun. The um, Jeff Cameron Show Libations uh, fan festival that we do we couldn't do it last year, but we do it most every year, and it's something that we absolutely adore, uh, given the fact that it's our chance to say thank you. And this year, it will be especially, and, and I don't mean this to toot our own horn or anything like that, but you know, this there's been a lot of transition. Obviously, I left the other station. Uh, I've, I'm fortunate enough to find a home here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio, as well as on War Chant TV. So to me, it's important that, you know it's a celebration that we all get back together and you know then you think about the ability to get back together which we couldn't do a year ago but we're, we went through we had meetings this morning about planning this um, a lot of great sponsors on board it's going to be a celebration the return of college football our thanks to you and our new endeavors and we've got a lot of things to give away and a raffle and Great food, oh, great beer. It's going to be the a, grand prize of the gonna raffle sure. is going to be
0: awesome. I can't wait to tell folks what that is. Um, That's an amazing
1: grand prize. It by is. Way. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, it's it's good. Uh, it's funny because you can tell we're getting closer and closer. People are starting to think about this stuff now, and everybody is excited as they should be. Uh, and and I'm with you on all of that. But the questions are much more specific now. You're starting to get people wanting to know, you know, who looks good where, and. You know, what guys are we going to be able to depend on? And that gets harder and harder. I You know, Michael writes, for example, Jeff and Tom, love the show. You guys rock. Thanks, Michael. I miss the days uh, of having an emotional leader on defense, DeMarcus Walker, Jalen Ramsey, Derwin James, etc. Who's going to step up this season? You know, to me, the way that's always worked is the guys you just mentioned were elite. The two are synonymous. You can't really be an emotional leader if you can't play. There are a lot of guys who love to tell you about the things you should be doing or the requisite passion you should have or how much it means to them and commit yourself to the same degree. The bottom line is you've got to go out and be a difference maker for your team before anybody follows you anywhere. Now, you can do a lot of the right things if you're a backup. And you can provide a good look in practice. You can be an effort guy. You can work hard. You can set a great example. But to be a quote-unquote emotional leader, I think you've got to physically be a leader on the field, and you've got to make difference in games in order for people to even want to hear what you have to say. I mean, Jalen Ramsey oftentimes has the attitude of a petulant child. He's very difficult to deal with emotionally and from a personality standpoint. Now, The thing is, he was a beast. Jalen, oftentimes, was the best player on the field. So that guy showed up every Saturday and now shows up every Sunday and puts in the time in the gym, obviously takes care of his body, obviously understands his assignments and everybody else's for that matter. So all the football stuff, the things you got to do to be a professional now that he is one, he did all of that. And he did all that, too, here at Florida State to be an All-American, right? To be the kind of guy that, hey, you can count on him. So, dealing with that personality and the sassy. arrogance. <laughs> old sassy, as I like He's to call him. Yes, 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 old sassy. But you're going to live with that. And and not only are you going to live with that, you, you're kind of going to follow it and, and allow him to lead, even though you may not personally want to, like, hang out with the dude because – He's bringing it every day. And there was no doubt that Demarcus Walker was an awesome teammate. Guess what else he was? A really good football player. And it became really easy to follow him in the battle because dude made plays every day and showed up every day. So for me, it's got to be somebody that emerges as an elite player. It's been a while since they've had somebody that game in, game out, offenses have had to game plan for going into the game as a true difference maker, the kind of guy that could disrupt what we're trying to do and change the fortunes of this football game. I don't know who that is. If you want me to venture a guess, I'm going to tell you that it's Travis J. and that's going to surprise all of you, perhaps, because we haven't seen Travis J. be a star yet, even though we've heard so much about him. But I'm telling you, that's a guy that played through injury, obviously, in a nightmarish situation. His first, you know, you think about Travis, since he's arrived, it's been a mess. There's stability, there's buy-in, there's belief, and he's healthy. And I think he's the kind of athlete that can change a game. So I'd look at him. Jermaine Johnson's quiet, but he leads by example, hardworking, and I think potentially a splash player on Saturdays. So there's another candidate for you. Those are two that I would point to right off the bat as two guys that I think have a chance to be emotional leaders. But in order to be an emotional leader, you've got to be a physical uh, menace on the football field in order for people to follow you.
0: Yeah, I think the answer is Travis Hunter when he comes here next year is probably the next guy who would develop that way. But if you're looking for candidates, I mean, Jermaine Johnson and Keir Thomas have been willing to lead their segment group. And, I I mean, taking it upon themselves to go offer and volunteer information to the younger players or the inexperienced players – at edge rusher this whole offseason. That's important. It wasn't that the coaches told him to go do it or or the coaches told the freshman, hey, go call this guy and he'll tell you what to do. You know, Jermaine took it upon himself to be that player. So if he does produce early on, I think you could see a one-year effect from a player like that. But typically, I mean, uh, this is personal preference, I suppose, but if you're looking for a leader of a defense, you probably want it from the second level or the third level, not necessarily up front in the trenches because you need a guy who can also make calls in front of him. There's nothing in front of Jermaine Johnson except an offensive lineman and a quarterback, but you want ideally a linebacker who can talk to the safeties behind him and look at the offensive line or the defensive line in front of him
1: in the overall scheme, right? Move yeah. over a gap, look at what they're right. doing, the trends and stuff like that. But yeah, that's where lacking at linebacker, both physically and and, right. and then all the other aspects of what we're talking about with this defense. Then yeah, that's that's been a problem. Um, I I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I would think that the last great leader you could have had along the defensive front. Uh, Probably would have been Timmy Jernigan who right
0: right manhandled people or Demarcus like Eddie Goldman wasn't consistent enough no. but but Demarcus would bring it every week. Let me ask you this question though: When Mike brought up Coach Norvell, brought up DeLoach and Lundy yesterday, did that make you feel better about the linebacker position or worse about the linebacker position?
1: It, I, I was indifferent. I, uh, right. I I I like Lundy, uh, but you know I, I we're not special linebacker. We haven't been in a long time. I, I was a little concerned that I'm just not hearing Amari Gainer's name enough. We did uh, the media day, but not a whole lot since. That is the that group more than any other on the field is a you got to show me, you got to show me. I, I'm not hearing a damn thing this this uh, fall camp. I, I don't care what they tell me. I mean, I've been to a lot of practices. We're going again tomorrow. I, I listen. I'm going to have to see them perform in games. They were. They were just such an Achilles heel for this team a year ago. That's a show-improved position right now, more than anything else. It's a show-improved position. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio. Watch your TV. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Get back to this. It's kind of fun. Yeah, Lundy's a big dude. Uh, we should give Lundy some goal line packages as a fullback, all that stuff. Yeah, he's 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 a big no doubt. Who are the top players? Benjamin wants to know. Bringing the intensity every day. Similar to Ramsey. Uh, the only reason I highlighted that question was this. They, that The best part of watching the practices these days is that I think that is on display daily by everybody. That's when I talk about the reason for excitement in terms of buying and believing what the coaches are telling the players and the players trusting the coaches. The the reason that question is so frequently brought up amongst all in the fan base is that it was omnipresent, meaning the lack of consistency and effort on a daily basis for the last four years. That was a thing that you always had to worry about and became frustrated by. And then when you watched the games, you could tell that there was a lack of attention to detail, a lack of focus, a lack of intensity. Um, uh, really, they weren't a- if you were describing our football team the last four years, you would say that they're not a very well-adjusted person. <laughs> they they really tend to overly focus on their Facebook and Instagram accounts. That's our team the last four years. They really want you to see the life they're projecting to be right. as opposed to who they really are. They are... The person that takes that picture in just a certain way and frames it in just a certain way as if to suggest that they are completely stable and everything is great in their life and don't you wish their life, your life, was like their life, when in fact you know they're a mess. And the reason you know that is outside of when you're looking at that picture on Facebook or Instagram, you see them out and about. And when you see them out and about, they're broken. They're broken and needy and embarrassing. And that is what you saw with this football team the last four years. You'd go, oh, no, these guys, this is all false bravado. This this isn't real. They don't believe. They don't believe at all. In fact, they don't believe so much that they have to project that they do to hope to deflect from that, from you seeing this very real thing of this broken, useless group. And so they were over the top.
0: Yes, a busted coverage and an overthrow, incomplete, waving the arms around. The
1: bravado yeah. after having not done anything. That's correct. You
0: weren't within ten yards of the, of the receiver, but it was an overthrow. So feel free.
1: Yeah, well, Go that, crazy. That was that was the bravado, the false bravado. Of a picture that you posted that makes your life look to be better than it is. That's what that was. That's what they were doing all the time. And yes, it was embarrassing.
0: Because the photo of them would be with the incomplete hands. You're like, oh, yeah,
1: I guess he made I a good play. The play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe he made
0: a good play. No. Uh, he got roasted, but we got lucky.
1: Well, and, and again, I, I don't think that's the we'll lose for different reasons and people will grasp at straws as if to explain why things aren't working above and beyond a lack of personnel in depth. You watch, mark my words, that's going to happen this year. That when they lose, if they lose, I don't know, whatever the acceptable number is, it's different for every person. But if they get into that six loss territory, God forbid they don't qualify for a bowl and get into that seven-loss territory. The the hyper-focus and intense criticism, and we'll see. We'll watch the games. They matter. How they play matters. I'm not saying it doesn't. But almost every one of the criticisms are going to stem from something other than ability. It's going to typically be coaches. It's going to be, you know, you blame whatever on the officials. It'll be things that don't have to do with having to confront a stark reality, which is that we're not good enough. Because nobody ever wants to hear we're not good enough. I mean, it sucks if you think about it while we're continuing to use the analogy of social media and what people post on platforms. The bottom line is nobody ever wants to confront their own deficiencies. Nobody ever wants to confront—I mean, the hardest person, to be honest with you, is, is yourself, right? Is to say, I- I'm lacking in this area. I've got to get better here, here, and here. I can't expect to reach this goal or that goal if I don't first do this, this, and this. And that's everybody. That's all of us. I mean, there's no perfect people. So, but it's just tough to do because, man, that's the that's that far away stare we talk about. That's the okay. I'm gonna have to change about how I go living every day. I gotta do. I gotta. I gotta go to bed earlier. I gotta get up earlier. I gotta. I gotta change my diet. I got I gotta, all this stuff that's hard for people to do. And I think that's the equivalent of, damn it, man, we're just not good enough. Mm-hmm. That kid's trying as best he can, but he's just not any good. It's harsh. right? Like, it's so much easier to say that about a pro.
0: Right, we're trying to get down to 185, but we're at 310. <laughs> so let's get to 290 <laughs> no, first, and right. let's have a conversation at that point.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny because if you do that, if you say, all right, well, I've got a long way to go, and you accept it, Then every little gain is exciting. You know, it it really is. It's kind of like, I know this isn't going to be overnight. I know this isn't going to happen tomorrow or the next week or even the next month, but let's check in this time next year. And, you know, that nobody likes to do that because we want the immediacy of, you know, and satisfaction and gratification right now. Now, I suggest, and I have been suggesting for since we came on the airwaves here and really this entire summer, that if you're for lack of a better term, properly adjusted in terms of your expectations, then this year can be really enjoyable, even if it's a five hundred season. Like it can be really enjoyable. You can. I, there have been times, and you and I have talked about this, and I know we got a break. And we'll come back, but I'm just saying there have been times that I've found more joy in watching teams that play above uh, the sum of their parts. Right? They, they collectively. Oh, sure. Because, yeah, those teams are fun because to root for. Yeah. They lift each other up. And you know that
0: these things have to happen. It's like last year before COVID ravaged everything, we went to the Matt whatever the equivalent, uh, the Chase. I don't know. That's what Willie called it. And I remember seeing the roster and saying, God, these guys are small. They better have a chip on their shoulder. They better be like the little dog in the fight, right? The one that just keeps yapping and yapping. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I mean that with effort, with details and things like that, because they're not good enough. But if, yes, if you concede that and you put the straight jacket on and you realize that you can't get out, but you make the most of it, it can be rewarding. It just sucks because for everybody that's followed this program back to the 90s, including myself as a kid, we were spoiled as hell. You never had to worry about this level of a problem, and now we're on year five of worrying about this level of a problem. It's just nuts.
1: Good news is they got a hell of a recruiting class verbally committed, and if they show growth. <laughs> Way to say verbally committed at yeah. the end, too. I like that qualifier. Yeah, verbally committed. The hell of got a, a class verbally, verbally committed. committed. Yeah, they do. I hope no trees landed on your roof for any reason, like soggy ground, for example, or perhaps gusts of wind during uh, Fred's brief interlude here in Tallahassee. Uh, I hope that didn't happen, but if it did, give my man T-Spark a call today. They'll help you out right off the bat. If you have structural damage, T-Spark Enterprise is available to help come and inspect the roof. Best part is with T-Spark, it's one phone call because he can not only fix the roof, But they're also licensed general contractors, and they can also take care of any structural damage right then and there. So you're good to go. Give them a call today, 850-766-1340. So great seeing you and Tom under the Warchan umbrella in 93.3 Real Talk Radio. Keep up the great work, my friend. That from Jeremy. Appreciate you, Jeremy. Woo! Yeah. No, we're we're happy. We're happy. This is... um, feel like we've extended that that first week but this is cruising past and you know the content is limited to the two hours here for for now and and you know what happens with that is getting hyper focused on any one thing this is going to be an interesting way for me i'm just going to give you a peek behind the curtain of show prep once we do start football Mm -hmm. you just don't have the a lot of time typically that you need to really thoroughly vet everything. So in some ways, it's great. We're gonna hit on the biggest topics of the day, both as it pertains to the National Football League, college football on the whole, and obviously Florida State. We probably should have reversed the order there with the central theme being Florida State. But like that that's going to happen on a daily basis. And then there'll be things outside of it, obviously, including human interest stuff that I like, but you gotta pick and choose wisely. I know that. So, for example, I would not highlight the Christmas slate of the NBA, which was released today. Are you kidding me with that? Son of a... I feel like our former employer would have told us we had to do that. Our former employer would have said we have to lead with it. I would have said, no, you would have got an email. That's correct. That's how that went. That's how that typically More went. often than not. Yeah. I will say, if you were going to talk about an NBA story, it would be that Embiid just signed a $196 million contract for four years, and that's all well and good. Woo! Yeah. I never think about... Uh what that you know what that means well I don't say it. I never do. I'm not interested in getting into the particulars of what that means for the Sixers and Embiid, but rather how great it must be to be an individual at any point in your life who sits down across from management with their attorney and they say, Okay, I think we've worked out the particulars, Mr. Cameron. All that's left is for you to sign for your one hundred and ninety six million dollars.
0: I suppose mm. it could happen on a super chat one day on Warchain TV. <laughs> you never know. Also, I owe one to James from earlier because I was going in for the webcam. Woo! There you go, James. We didn't forget you. We'll see you at Libations Fest.
1: I I mean, seriously, the idea of just sign here, sir, $196 Woo! Forgive me if I unbuckle my pants as I sign this. You understand. I mean, that is just remarkable. And that's nothing compared to so like the Mike Trout deal and the other numbers we've seen. That's and good once enough. You get, once you get past a certain number, it's all the same. Like it's, yeah. three
0: million take home.
1: <laughs> like one you could see, oh, I need I
0: to be know. careful. I need yeah. to be careful with that one.
1: Oh, you have to be careful with one the million. Cuz
0: the tax implications. Well, I'm not taking one home.
1: Well, you know. you're young and you'd have the rest of your life uh at 50 if I were to get the 1 million tomorrow. I think I'm going to be all right.
0: Yeah, you'll probably be all
1: right. But at at 30, what are you? 34 33? I'll be all
0: right plus you give me, you know, I don't know, 100 grand of that. I mean, I'll be good. Yeah. Appreciate that. <laughs> A little booster.
1: You know what I did? I, I start I could see how it happened. I used to make fun of people who bought lottery tickets. Not 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 behind their back, to their face. But now, now, Tom, I have to tell you. I have bought two in the last two. I, is this a thing that happens? with Wait each? a
0: minute. Wait a minute.
1: I Th- bought two. Yeah, but it's because you liked your guy
0: right at the uh, at yeah. the gas station. Yeah. yeah, it is. You liked him. I do. Is I he bought- still there?
1: Yes, he's still there. Oh, good. Yes. Good for him. No, I bought two, uh, three weeks apart, and I thought I haven't I haven't purchased two lottery tickets in however many years the lottery has been going on in my life, and now I've bought two just because I like that dude. As if that's little. You know, that little poultry amount is going to do him any good. I'm like, oh, what's that? Two bucks? Here you go. There's two bucks.
0: But you know what? That's how (laughs) how sales work. You buy from people you Uh, trust. People,
1: people. Yeah. He's a people person. Love that guy.
0: If you saw the lotto sign, you'd be like, I'm running away from this. I don't care. I don't care about you. But him? He's a trustworthy soul.
1: Well, it's a throw-in now. Maybe this is a good sign, too. Usually, like, at the end of the transaction, I'll say, oh, what's it up to? I'm the guy who's talking to you about the freaking weather. Oh, no. I'll say, hey, what's it up to? As if it matters if it's 100 million or 700 million. Either way, it's life altering money. (laughs) And I love it when I hear people do that. 500 million? Well, by all means. Like, oh, you didn't want that 200 million, did you? That's chump change. I can't be giving you my two bucks in order to win $200 million, but $500 million, geez.
0: Not to mention the exponentially higher amount of people that will enter once it hits that threshold because other people, for some reason, assign value only to $250 million or more <laughs> yeah, versus the 46 yeah.
1: No, I cracked up. I, I did. But now I'm the guy that I used to roll my eyes at as I sat in the line. I'm like, oh, what's it up to now? Okay, outstanding. I guess I'll get one.
0: What's the most you've ever won on either a a lotto card or a scratch-off? I I don't want to say a table, because I know in in Vegas you've had some pretty big hands or games of craps or whatever, but is it memorable, the amount
1: uh, no, but my brother has won like $5,000 on a scratch-off or something like that. Oh, that's enough that he had to report it to uh, my, my bro- Uncle Sam. My brother John is the luckiest person I've ever met. <laughs> I mean, in general, he is the luckiest person that I've ever known. He wins and falls into things all the time It doesn't make any sense. It's just ridiculous. So
0: he's like the 10,000th uh, customer? Yeah. At he, he, store. he walks
1: in, oh, look at that, balloons! Yeah, it's crazy. No, he he does. It's, it's silly. I never win anything at least in terms of random selections or anything like that I never you want a great career that's correct if you won. i earned that career but i i i did not fall into that i've earned that career damn it uh no i i do i uh, i never win anything like that i never expect anything like that that's why one of these days it's going to happen you want to
0: win the uh the baseball card the vintage baseball baseball card one lottery, about that's him what him earlier you want this
1: win. week 6.6 uh, 6 million week. dollars for honus wagner Uh, is insane. Yeah, when I was emptying out my closet and my my, uh, garage recently, when we were kind of redoing some things, we got stuff done at the house, I I was looking for anything that I might have fallen into. I don't own anything of any value. (laughs) Like this uh, picture frame's not worth anything. Hour number two, hang with Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio.